Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. All right, another good start to the day we're about to have. It's December 14th. Happy Thursday morning here, right in the center of Christmas season. So much to get into on this episode. I'm going to cover a little bit of everything for you guys. Just a little preview. We've got Jennifer Lawrence on being stalked, Penn Bagley and Matt Reif beefing with astrologists, some epic Christmas and Hanukkah songs where... Have the good Christmas movies gone? And Taylor Swift is a $2 billion babe. Let's jump right into it right now. Oh my gosh, where to begin? Well, I was actually recommended this musician from my good wife, and she had mentioned how much she loves a lady who's taking the internet by storm. She goes by Stella Cole. She's uh, got a very uh, old school vibe to her on this Christmas season. Let's get the mood kicking off right with some good Christmas music. Uh, this, my friends, is for you. No, I'm sorry, but... But I think that's the wrong opinion. All oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight, all the way home I'll be warm. All right, there she is, Stella Cole. And look, she's got a new Christmas song uh, called Christmas Dreaming. It's out on Spotify. And she had a goal to get 100,000 streams by Christmas, but uh, Santa delivered early and she got 115,000 by December 1st. I'm going to play a little bit of that song right now and maybe we'll end the episode with it. This is Stella Cole singing Christmas Dreaming. Actually got her tickets up. She's going to be in Philadelphia and New York City if you want to catch her this Christmas season. Search Stella Cole. I'm doing my Christmas dreaming a little early this year. No sign of snow round and yet I go round Hearing jingle bells Ringing in my ear Your promise Must be the reason Let me guess, you, it's a nice song, it's a little slow You guys are probably in the slow lane Having horns beeping behind you. Get out of the way. <laughs> Is this not rush hour enough for you? We'll end this beautiful episode on Christmas Dreaming. Again, it's available wherever you listen to music. Uh, but boy, we've got a movie trailer that just dropped. Uh, it's a civil it's a civil war trailer. Kirsten Dunst. Remember her? We loved Kirsten Dunst. What was that movie she was in with Paul Rudd back in the day? That, what were they? Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. What was that movie with the cheerleading? Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I know you're shouting it at me. You know what it is. She reckons with a war-torn America in Alex Garland's action epic. Some people are saying this is actually too close to home, and they, they don't like the fact that it's a, uh, I guess, a futuristic uh, portrayal on what would happen if the United States was in the middle of a civil war. Now, culturally speaking... 
it kind of feels like we are. But you know, I like to look at where we are in society as a horseshoe. I truly mean this. If you think of a horseshoe, uh, you've got the far left and the far right. They're actually very close together in the sense that they're trying to cancel each other. They're trying to like, you know, they're kind of trying to be loud. I'm talking about the far, the far fringes are very close to each other, not in what they believe in, but in sort of the anarchy and the weaponization and almost like terroristic levels of hate they have for each other. And then most people are in that fat, middle left center middle right area and I think what we need in society is to really find somebody that's able to speak to that middle of the horseshoe I'm not even a centrist I'm a left-leaning progressive but I think the people that I'm discussing and talking about are the people that are actually weaponizing the left versus the right those are the people that I I have a problem with and in this movie it looks like it's going to be heading down that road set in the near future the film revolves around the U.S. amid civil war where government airstrikes are used against civilians and journalists are shot on sight in the Capitol. A race to the White House in a near-future America balanced on the razor's edge. The trailer opens with scenes of destruction in the U.S. along with news reports about the civil war playing in the background. 19 states have seceded, one reporter says on the radio. Citizens of America, the so-called Western forces of Texas and California have suffered a very great, great defeat at the hands of the United United States military, Nick Offerman, who portrays the U.S. president, says in the trailer, Civil War is directed and written by Garland. A24 produces alongside Gregory Goodman and DNA's Andrew McDonald and Alan Reich. Uh, so this is, look, when does this come out? This is going to be a wild movie. Hits theaters on April 26th. So we have a while, but if you were just wondering, this was in the uh, in the uh, sort of viral content of the internet today because it is such a heavy, heavy project. And to lighter news, Taylor Swift, of course we have daily updates on Taylor Swift. Who doesn't, folks? Taylor Swift grossed almost $2 billion this year from her music, movie, touring, and concert merchandise. Her total earnings are even higher when you factor in synchronization revenue, sponsorships, and other merchandise deals. I mean, at this point, why don't you just buy the Kansas City Chiefs? You know what I mean? You know, you don't need uh, you don't need uh, Travis Kelsey to be your daddy. You can be his mommy. Just buy the whole dang league already. Most corporate wouldn't that be nice if uh, if uh, NFL teams had to now be like Taylor Swift lyrics? Uh, we've got the Tim McGraw tugs uh, fighting against the uh, you know whatever uh, teardrops on my guitar. Most corporations would love to rake in revenue well over $1 billion in a single year. In 2023, Taylor Swift has done it and plenty more by herself. Billboard estimates that the 2023 Time Person of the Year honoree has grossed approximately $1.82 billion in music sales. All right, so they rounded up to $2 billion, but it's only $1.82 billion, so pray for Taylor. That figure represents the total amount generated in these handful of segments of Swift's business career, not the amount she personally pocketed, because none of this financial information is publicly available. Yeah, of course, she didn't pocket that much, but clearly she's just absolutely crushing it out there. So we're happy to hear that. All right. Why are there no good Christmas movies this year? Let's discuss this right after the break. All right. We're back and we're not happy with all of the dog crap Christmas movies that are out there. There's no look. I don't I like Christmas movies the way I like uh, sweets. They don't have to be good. They just have to be chock full of sugar. And I'm not seeing, I don't know. You guys let me know. This is more of a me begging for your help than anything. I haven't found that many good, if I remember correctly, 
Netflix had a had a new Christmas movie out every day last year. I need here's what I need in a Christmas movie. I need a lady and or a man or some combination of the two. I don't care if it's two men or two ladies. Just give me people. I need somebody to be losing their business. I don't care if it's a mint farm. Like we did watch this year, a guy was like losing his peppermint farm. It's like, okay, I'll bite on that. I need someone who needs help in their love life. I need a bakery to exist, you know? Oh, I, I quit my corporate job to start this um, York peppermint pad or, pat, you know, whatever bakery. Sure, okay. Just feed me the cheesiest. I need it to take place somewhere where there's Christmas, unless it's one of those like Hawaiian Christmas movies. That's cool too. I need this in my life. And yet all I'm seeing are the worst movies, TV shows coming out that for some reason on Netflix is like top movie of the week. I click on it. It's got like, you know, 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. The hell's going on out there? Can we get Taylor Swift to finance some Christmas movies? She's making billions of dollars. Give us some production value. Netflix report confirms it has thousands of movies and shows most users don't watch. Netflix released its most detailed viewership report on Tuesday. Thousands of titles fall into the platform's least viewed category without 100,000 hours watched, which, by the way, is insane because we get 4,000 watch hours a day. So does that mean, I mean, maybe, maybe I should be creating my own Christmas movie. I have a good one. I have a Christmas movie that's so good I can't even tell you about it. Let's just say this. It's like if Fool's Gold was a Christmas movie. I'm, I'm going to say no more. I'm going to say no more other than let's get it made. Do we have any producers listening here who can help me get this movie financed? I got the movie, folks. I'm ready to go. Viewers watched 100 billion hours of Netflix total between January and June of 2023. And look, what does all this mean? Why are they creating shows nobody wants to watch? Movies and shows on the platform have been viewed for more than 100 billion hours. Top performers like the thriller series The Night Agent ranked in over 812 million hours viewed for one season. I liked that. I really enjoyed that. Here's the problem with Netflix. Um, they're quick to make projects and then when one stinks, they just cancel it. So it's like, how many series have you watched on Netflix where you got through the first season begrudgingly and then it sucks? My new policy when it comes to series is like, wait for the second or third season before I start binging because I don't want to get invested in some character that ends up not actually, you know, getting picked up. Uh, but either way, uh, you know, the, the, the recent, um, Jennifer Lawrence movie, which I can't think for my, the life of me, what it's called. It's absolutely ridiculous. Let me look it up. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I say this because, um, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, this new movie she's in, uh, what's it called? Don't know. It's called no hard feelings. Oh my gosh. For all of the smack talk I said about Netflix recently, no hard feelings is so good. By the way, just so you know, there is full frontal nudity, but is it is so tastefully funny uh, that I don't want to explain any more to you. Anyway, she's in a Netflix movie that's amazing, but of course it's Jennifer Lawrence. Has she ever done a project that wasn't great? Here she is explaining what it's like to, uh, you know, to be a celebrity and tell her uh, family, you know, her younger family members, you know, that she's famous. Do you get home to your mom and dad? Are your mom and dad still back in Kentucky? Yeah, everybody's still in Kentucky and I've got nieces and, and uh, or a lot of nephews, one niece. Yeah. Um, who are getting to that age now where like they start asking, you know, like why my sister-in-law and I are like putting garbage bags and like up on the windows and they're like, what's going on? And I'm like, remember what I told you about Aunt Jen's job? How it's really weird and because it wouldn't be Christmas without a stalker. And um, 
And like people think that they know Aunt Jen, but they don't. And then the three-year-old was just like, well, if somebody tries to take a picture of Aunt Jen, I'm going to shoot him with my Nerf gun. And it was just like so, I was like, that's really sweet. And they also wanted to put bubble wrap at the end of the driveway. So oh, so it would be popping when you heard coming. them coming. Yes. That's some spy stuff They're going right through there. a big home alone phase. Yeah. Hi, Bubba's. Where are you guys? Hi, I'm Baron Jake. Aunt Jen's drunk. <laughs> I feel like I should tell you that now. So there it is. Aunt Jen. I mean, I gotta, I gotta be honest. Is there anyone more down to earth that's an A-list actress than Jennifer Lawrence, AKA Aunt Jen. So there she is having fun, just telling you the cool old stories about having to duct tape up a bunch of, uh, you know, bubble wrap or whatever to the walls. And, and it's like, look, uh, this, this is, this is kind of a quick topic. I wanted to jump into mental health. Um, I saw this quote and it resonated with me. Just because they carry it well doesn't mean it isn't heavy. And I thought of this because I'm so grateful, and I posted this on my Instagram story today, but I'm so grateful for all the support I've had regarding a lot of the ongoing issues with some of the reporting I've done, issues that I don't back away from, that being my my coverage of the Clayton Eckerd paternity scandal. And, and with all of that said, some of the emails I've received uh, from the person who's suing me for harassment, you know, this person I've never met before, and this person whose name I've never said and face I've never showed. I always want to share that in case this is the first episode someone found of me where they go, Dave, what's with all this drama? You know, I was like, I've never been sued before. This is this is new, folks. But um, the idea, just because they carry it well doesn't mean it isn't heavy. We've discussed a lot about mental health as it, uh, as it uh, you know, affects those contestants on reality TV, these celebrities. And I think it's very hard for audiences to empathize with celebrities because they do make a lot of money. They do have a lot of things uh, given to them with the clout that they receive and it feels like their life may be might be easier and uh someone like jennifer lawrence like you know you never know you never know what they're battling and all of the uh protections they have to put in there so there it is folks just a fun story of on jen explaining how she has to put a uh, black contractor bags around her windows because she has a stalker you know we had this recently where uh who was it um uh keanu reeves uh, had a stalker att- come into his home and attack him i mean it's just wild out there how many deranged people exist and we as anonymous citizens take it for granted you know i I have um, full security in front of my house because I'm not I'm not saying this uh, you know to to tease anybody to do anything stupid here. But you know this this lady who's who's coming after me, written articles about me, some some weird level of obsession because I'm not you know I'm I'm kind of fighting her publicly and exposing her. You know she knows where I live. She hired a process server to come literally stake my house out to deliver a restraining order against me. Little did she know. The judge was going to deny that on First Amendment grounds. But the point being is, like, she knows what car I drive. She knows where it's parked. Like, this is something that you just have to live with. Uh, when, when I move, uh, can I buy my house in a trust? So she doesn't know. Like, these are things you think about. And in the end, if people want to find you, they will. You go shopping. You, you know, you, you do all these things out there. And it's one thing to p- protect yourself. It's another to try to protect your family. And I, I just want to say this. I appreciate all of those people that have checked in on me and it might not seem like much to you, but it's my life and it's my, 
uh, sanity and it's all these things. And our Patreon has gone from whatever we were at before. I think there were 611 active members now. Your support on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Especially, I think her name was Miss Jordana. She said, oh, I've, I've, uh, I'm so glad I realized now, you know, 10 minutes in, she goes, I realize now why I joined. Uh, because they're, they're long form live streams. Kind of like this conversation I'm having with you, but more live stream form where I'm responding to people. And, you know, for all those that have, uh, you know, put the five bucks down, to join the Patreon and been a member there. It's so important to me to to see that solidarity almost, uh, that you guys have my back in a world where sometimes you do feel alone. Sometimes you make content, you get weird messages, you get weird things sent to you. And, you know, trust me when I say I only share 1% of it, but I can't imagine what some of these celebrities must go through. I truly can't imagine. I've really learned how to empathize with so many different types of people, you know, victims that have been gaslighted, things like that. Not not to say that um, any of my issues are like, they're not physical, right? I haven't been physically tormented. It's just in your head. It's something that, that you wake up thinking about and sometimes go to bed thinking about and you try to get rid of it and I'll continue to share you guys let me know I mean do you want me to share more of this or is this too heavy for you in the morning you know I'm really not too sure well maybe it's all in the stars I've got a talk about astrology I have a pretty funny thought about what you're about to hear uh, but first let's just go to a quick commercial break I'll come back and share a couple bros dissing on the stars oh boy the Virgos are getting upset already be right back I had this one joke I was working on it. It's really stupid. It's just like a one-liner. It was like, you know, now that I'm happily married, I want to share some advice. And the joke goes, uh, I've learned you need to believe in your partner, even if they believe in astrology. Okay, that's the joke. It's simple. It's stupid, whatever. But after I told that joke once, I had four women follow me outside after. Now, I wasn't worried, threatened about my life, but I was like, oh, maybe they'll tell me a good set or whatever. And they were like, actually, astrology, <laughs> they kind of like astrology explained to me. And I'm like, listen, okay, I get it, whatever. Sure. My old my old thing with astrology, and you know what? I'll share my thoughts on it because, it, okay, don't get upset yet. Don't harness your pitchforks and throw your crystals at me. Hold on a second. I might be on your team with it all, but let's just hear what Matt Reif had to say about it, comedian Matt Reif, as he talks to Penn Bagley uh, about astrology and the fear of being canceled if you disagree with it. You say your your future is like predetermined in the stars. What, what is a planet that's 98 million miles away from you have to do with anything yeah, yeah, yeah. in your active life. No, trust me, I'm with you on this. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. At least in the fact that so many people... Penn is so scared of getting canceled, he won't just come out right and say he doesn't... No, no, no because like, I studied You it. can't get canceled for being against astrology, can you? Can you get canceled Matt, for anything, Matt. Matt, Matt you nice to meet you guys. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I'm so done. I'm not to perform on Mars, dude. No, no, no. No, 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 because my thing is that I think there's validity to the to the arrangement of the physical world around you when you're born. There's something to that. The arrangement of the cosmos. Surely it has an influence. Everything has an influence, right? I don't see how it has an influence right, from so under. far Joe, away. <laughs> so, so, but a ghost could be in your house. Uh, Mercury's be, not in your house, dog. Be, no, but it's in your second house, bro. What's my second house? <laughs> star- you, you don't know the language of a, of a natal chart? No, I know just enough to oh, well, convince girls really to talk to me. Oh, that is really into astrology. <laughs> I, yeah, I know just enough how to be a fuckboy. Like, I used oh, to respect him. Aquarius. All right. By the way, 
Penn said the funniest part, and it kind of flew right over Matt's head. He goes, it's not in your house. It's in your second house, and I don't think anyone got it. Look, astrology has battled science from the beginning of time. Astrology has been rejected by the scientific community as having no explanatory power for describing the universe. Scientific testing has found no evidence. Hey, guys, it doesn't mean exists. Hey, what's up with all that one in a million talk? You know what I mean? I'm just saying it doesn't mean that uh, that that uh, the planetary alignments don't affect you. I, I'm, a, I'm a practical guy guy, but I'm also a spiritual guy. And if someone derives meaning from uh, God or yoga or CrossFit or astrology or whatever, I say go for it. As long as you're not doing it to hurt people, you know, if you, but I will say this, if you find out that Aries are messy lovers and then you go, well, I guess I'm just going to be a messy lover because I was born on whatever the hell day, you know, then I go, well, now there's a little confirmation bias. Like too often people go, oh, you know, you know how many times someone said, oh, what, you must be a Libra or whatever. And I'm like, what, huh? And anyway, so I make fun of it because I'm a Taurus and uh, my baby is due on my birthday. Did you guys know that? My wife uh, was born a, a week after me, two years, two years and a week after me. So we have the potential to have a baby between our birthdays. What does that mean for the charts? I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I tell you what, if it means we're going to have a power family, you know me, power recapper Dave Neal here. If I am one to have a power family, let's do it. Uh, here is a response to Matt Reif and Penn Bagley's clip where they discuss astrology. Here's a response, I'm assuming, from somebody who has already charged up all of their crystals. One Matt Reif and Penn Badgley clip where Penn Badgley is like, I get being an astrology skeptic, but also I think there's validity to believing that the way the natural world is arranged at the time of your birth would have an impact on you. And then Matt Reif is like, how's the moon going to have an impact on me? It's however many million miles away. How's it going to have an impact on anything? Mr. Sir has never heard of a sunburn. Well, objection. Okay, okay. A sun gives off gas and all of the things that are powerful, the radiation. A moon just reflects the sunlight. But I hear you. I hear the point. I do I do find it crazy that periods and things like that somehow involve the moon. I do think it's crazy that the moon's big enough that it affects the tidal, you know, waves and things like that. So, hey, that's all cool. Like, like... Before science existed, if someone said, oh, you know, it's a full moon, so that means the waves are going to be bigger, you'd be, or like the tides are going to be stronger, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Hey, that's all connected, right? And our bodies are made up of water, so how much? Okay, I get you. I get you. wants me to think I'm stupid because I know what my rising sign is. I'm not even like a big astrology girly, but like to have your argument against astrology be how is the moon going to make an impact on anything as if tides... Oh, there you go. Like, the moon makes an impact on so many things. Also, (laughs) it points to such an aggrandized sense of self to be like, how could anything impact? You know know what's an aggrandized sense of self? When you say aggrandized sense of self, I can't even pronounce it right. (laughs) That's how you know. How could anything impact me from, from 98 million miles away? Do you know how small you are and how big the universe is? When we're talking about the cosmos... 98 million miles is not very far. You're a teeny tiny little bean speck 
And you dare tell the moon what she can and cannot do? Oh, she called Matt Reif a bean speck. Oh, man. Uh, but you know, so you know, it's so funny. At the end of my joke, I go, you know, here's the thing with women who believe in astrology. Uh, they're the same women who believe in science. And science doesn't believe in astrology. So you got to pick one. It can't be both, folks. And no, but either way, she's got great points. That's the thing. I, I think that's what it, with astrology the whole deal is. And I'm not, this isn't a hill I'm dying on, folks. I'm not saying I'm pro or anti. Please don't cancel me with your uh, amethyst or whatever the hell you need to do. You know what I mean? Just burn some sage and throw it at my direction. You know what I mean? Uh, but um, I do find it interesting because astrology, like some people are like super astrology. Like what time of day were you born? And you tell them and then you find out that that was wrong. Or maybe that, you know, how does the, you know, what, how does the time zones matter in all of that? You know, there's like human elements that throw off astrology. Right? Like, wasn't it recently that they like found out that the astro uh, astrological clock was off by a degree or something? Either way, my point being is that it's like, no, for sure, the moon affects us in different ways. Does it mean that there's werewolves that come out because of the Maybe. What do I know? I don't know if there's a werewolf or a Bigfoot or what the hell's going on out there, right? All right. Well, it's, uh, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the last day of Hanukkah. And uh, without further ado, I wanted to play for you just a little bit of the biggest Hanukkah song of all, all time. Right, everybody. We're gonna, we're it's Adam Sandler's song right Hanukkah now. song. You might know the words, too, so if you want to sing along, that would be fun. Here we go. was Bachelor Rush Hour. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.